Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hey guys, I'm listening right now and I had a thought. If Christians are really worried about pilots getting raptured, they should be fighting for regulation to require all pilots to be heathens. I mean, don't you think? Anyways, I thought that was funny. Cornhole, hi. Hey guys, I love the show. Uh, Simon here from Colin from Australia. Um, yeah, just got a bit of a story for you. I was in, um, on a mountain bike trip recently in Central America uh, going through Nicaragua and um, everyone at this party and yeah I met this girl out at the party she was about 21, 22 I'm 30 and um, yeah, it turns out that she's from Chicago and I said oh I listen to the podcast and the guys you know from Chicago and uh, it turns out she listens to it as well same podcast, uh, got us talking, and um, yeah, so you know, you guys, you guys got me a route that night. So thank you very much for that. Just want to say, and um, yeah, catch you later. Bye. Hey guys, this is Troy from Virginia. We tried watching Jesus Camp tonight, and holy fucking shit! I cannot believe you actually recommended me to watch that. This movie was so horrible, we couldn't even finish it. I think we had like half an hour left, and I just cannot say how unbelievable it is the way they indoctrinate these kids into this. Anyways, glory hole, and hope you guys are having a great day. Hello, gentlemen. This is DC in Detroit. I just listened to your listener question about kissing the hand of a religious leader uh, for religion, which she doesn't follow. And it occurred to me that a, a good uh, comparison and maybe less religiously squicky would be if you were in the presence of a military officer where the people that are in military would salute the officer. If you weren't part of that, you wouldn't oh. ring kissing. Keep up the good work, y'all. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 144. And Cecil, we've been doing a fair bit of traveling recently. We've been uh, 
We've been on a couple of different shows. You know, we've been bopping around the internet. I, for one, am exhausted from all these rides and dump trucks. Yeah. It's been... <laughs> to get hella lifted around. It's Well, it's, it's a big helicopter. It is. It's one of those, like, yeah. double rotor double helicopters rotors. to get me. Yeah. Yeah, they have to cut the fucking roof off yeah. my house to get me out of there. <laughs> That's the thing. And it's expensive because then they got to put it back on afterwards. Oh, yeah, because yeah. otherwise that shit's fucking unacceptable. But the nice thing is, we've, you know, the, the podcast that we've been on, you know, obviously they're, as, as the podcasting world will be the first to tell you, you know, we are fucking cash rich. Yeah. So <laughs> picking up roofs and fucking hiring helicopters exactly. is no problem. No problems. We were, we were on uh, Atheist on Air this last week uh, with Cash and Love. And Which we did, was so much fun, it was ridiculous. Yeah, we did like, like three hours so with fun. Them, and it was a blast. It was, well, maybe two hours. I don't even remember. I, I, was, I fell asleep for one of the hours, so... Well, and I was yeah. late coming on yeah. for the first ten minutes. Yeah, so. So it was, yeah, but it was good. It was a lot of fun, and you can find their podcast. Uh, we're going to we'll put a link to it on this episode's show notes, episode 144. And we were also on Incredulous... Uh, what was it? Incredulous seven? Was that what it was? Seven or eight? Something like that. <laughs> no, it was it was the latest episode of Incredulous, and we were on there with uh, a guy by the name of Brian Thompson, uh, who runs a podcast called Quit It, and he was absolutely fucking hysterical. Uh, his whole the whole time that he is talking, it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, he is a professional, and he was funny as hell the whole time, and we had an absolute blast on that show. So those are two shows that you should check out because they were way funnier than our show. Incredulous is a, is a stupid fun show to be on, and the nice thing is you can always figure out which is the most recent episode because it's the one three months after the prior <laughs> episode. They have a, they've got a tough schedule. They, they pull a show out every quarter. They do. You know? they do. So it's, yeah, we recorded that. Like, what was it? Like six months ago. Two weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was fucking snowing. It I don't was, remember. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago that we recorded it, but it's, it was a hard thing to edit, clearly, because there was a, 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 a snafu, and it's so awesome. There was an equipment snafu, and the professional that Andy is, he, you can't even tell. Like, you cannot tell that there was a snafu with any equipment at all, um, and there was in the, in the background. So it, it turned out great. Uh, the podcast is great, so you guys should check it out. And actually, this week, uh, it's our great hope to be on uh, Atheistically Speaking with Thomas. Uh, he's going to have us on. That's going to be a little more serious of a show, but it should be still just as much fun. Well, let's be very clear, Cecil. It's intended to be serious. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's true. All right. That's very but true. I'm not, I'm not terribly convinced that that's in my uh, wheelhouse. I'm not making any promises. I am making a promise right now, yeah. but... That's <laughs> not in my wheelhouse. Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. So, Cecil, the first story comes from Right Wing Watch. Um, Traditional Values Coalition links contraceptive mandate to Islamic Sharia law what? and population Wait, control. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Let me read it to you again. No, yeah, maybe you, if you if you read it, maybe I'll get it the second time. Right. But I'm no, no, really no, here, concentrate. Here we, so just go yeah, ahead. Here we go. Three, right. two, one, go. Look, it's early morning. Put your fucking thinking okay, cap on. I, you I lazy find son it. Of a I don't fish. know. I left it somewhere. Right. Did I leave it in the car? I don't know. I never even had yeah. one myself. <laughs> Traditional Values Coalition links contraception mandate to Islamic Sharia law. Population control. No, that did not make any more sense the second time okay. around. Yeah. Okay, so I'll explain <laughs> yeah, it to you. Let me, let me go through and break it down go ahead. point by point. I'm all ears. So the Traditional Values Coalition yes. 
what they're doing is linking the <laughs> contraception methods. <laughs> okay, I'm following you so far. <laughs> yeah, and what they're linking it to is is Islamic Sharia law, as opposed to the other kind of Sharia law, the oh, non-Islamic, the the, the my Sharia Sharona law. law, which is totally you know, different. The the super pedantic fucking. Uh, English nerd in me is like, why do you have to write it that way? Yeah. Islamic Sharia law. It makes me fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like an ATM it's like when machine. <laughs> it's like when people say like, oh yeah, it's uh, 8.30 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Motherfucker, it's 8.30 a.m. <laughs> I know it's the morning. It can't be. If it's fucking 8.30 in the morning, I know it's a.m. Right. If it's 8.30 fucking a.m., I know it's in the morning. Yeah. Shut your fucking mouth. Stop being redundant. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so anyway, they've just decided. Like they're just like, yeah, they're they're pissed off about the Hobby Lobby case. Right? Basically. Who wouldn't so the be? Hobby Lobby I'm case curious is all about it news. myself. I don't know about you. Yeah. I'm very yeah, well. Mad. I you know I've had to uh, suspend all hobbies and lobbies. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and the problem is I do most of my hobbies in lobbies. Yeah. Because yeah, well that's I I just go to hotel lobbies and build model rockets. Oh, and, just and then you just shoot, shoot those off. fuckers wherever you want. There. Well, right. they're normally big. They're like atriums, so you got plenty I'm, of space. Right, yeah. I'm banned from every Best Western yeah. from here to the Mississippi, actually. So every holiday in Holiday Inn Express has your picture up, right? They're yeah. like, "Do not allow this man to build model rockets in your lobby." It's like, like the no fly list for hotels. You're on. <laughs> if there was that list, I would certainly be on it for other reasons. Um, <laughs> oh God! Don't tell me why. Don't. I don't want to know. Let's just say I leave a big tip for the cleaning lady. That's just. <laughs> Oh, and money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show isn't going anywhere. It's oh. not at all. Because what do you say about this? Like, it's just crazy. The Hobby Lobby case is being heard by the Supreme Court right now. And that's the case that is challenging the contraceptive mandate that's part of the uh, Obamacare, uh, you know, regulation and laws. Basically saying that the private corporations have to uh, fund uh, insurance that covers contraceptive care. And the Hobby Lobby is basically saying, no, we are a corporation, and as a corporation, we are a human being, and as human beings, we have religious liberty. And so, I mean, that's really the thrust of their argument. Sure, like, yeah. They're saying that corporations have religious liberty. When did... It was it always contraception? I know contraception has been bad in the Catholic Church for all of the times, right? That's like a bad thing. Right. But like, when did it when did it seep out into all the other spaces uh, that are religious that basically are now saying that that contraception is a bad thing? I mean, because two thousand twelve, when a black man took off, it must be because it clearly, you know, <laughs> I understand. I mean, I you know, there's a, there's some sort of logic that you can get behind when they're arguing against abortion. You know, especially, you know, like late later term and things like that. There's there's clearly some logic there that you can get behind. But with contraception, you can't even get I can't even get there. I'm just like, you're, you're, no, you're not right. doing anything like there's nothing. There clearly is nothing, nothing at all that is happening that is remotely stopping life. It's just it's just preventing you from reproducing. It's not stopping a life from being like lived. There's no life that was created. That's like saying like. You know, like jerking off, you're killing two hundred thousand of your sperm. Yeah, it's 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 you know these are the same people that are worried though, Cecil, that um, we're not producing enough people that we're losing. Like, oh, you yeah. know, these are the same people who'll be like, oh, you know, America's not having as many babies as as you know the Islamic countries. So 
that's bad. And it's like, well, don't we just need less people? Like, just wouldn't less people just in general be a good thing? And it's um, yeah, but you can't I mean, say it, that because then you're an extremist who wants to like cut the population down to a million or whatever. Yeah, right? that basically means you just want to shoot the elderly and yeah. drown their baby and like exactly. just drown babies, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Islamic law. The Islamic law thing, I don't even, I can't even follow that. Because that if, doesn't, well, are they just saying that Obama is a Muslim? Is that all they're just saying is like Obama is a Muslim and let's not forget that? Yeah, I think so. They have, it has to be what it is. What they're, what, what I think they're doing is just being like, be afraid. Here's something. Blah, and just like saying like, you could basically replace it with like, you know, lions with rabies. Sure. Like, yeah, you like, know, like, like boogeyman <laughs> patrol or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But you got to remember from the Bible, you look carefully at the Bible. What would have happened in Jesus time if two men decided they wanted to cohabit together? Um, they would have been stoned to death. So Jesus would not have baked them a wedding cake, nor would he have made them a bed to sleep in because they wouldn't have been there. But um, we don't have that in this country here, so that's the way it is. So this next story comes from the Raw story. Pat Robertson, <laughs> Jesus more likely a stone gaze to death than bake them a wedding cake. Um, as I said when I tweeted this story, Pat Robertson, say what you fucking will, but you leave cake out of this. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's right, though. I mean, I think Jesus was clearly not going to bake anybody a wedding cake. He was a carpenter. So he right. didn't. I mean, he didn't have the skill set. Now he might make him a porch, but I don't know that he's gonna like actually. <laughs> I mean, it's like. I mean, it's 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 like between the two of us, I'm less likely to give you title insurance. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so funny. He's he's basically saying in this in this uh, argument. I don't know. No. Whatever diatribe Screed. of fucking. Yeah. The misanthropic, senile, elderly nonsense. Um, he's basically <laughs> saying that because back in the good old days of the Bible, um, if you knew that somebody was gay, if people were cohabitating, they would have been stoned to death. Right. So they never would have been able to complain about not getting a wedding cake because people would have hurled rocks at their bodies until they fucking expired. Right. So he's saying, like, look, there's a reason this isn't a. And it's funny to look into his argument a little deeper because he's saying, like, there's a reason this has come up now, and it didn't come up in the time of the Bible. So he's basically addressing the fact that these issues were not adequately addressed in, by Jesus during Jesus' time. And he's saying, look, they wouldn't have existed. We would have murdered them. Right. But now we don't murder them. The good old days. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's saying, like, now we don't murder people for being gay. So now that's why these issues have come up. And like the first thing I think is like, well, wait a minute. Are you suggesting that we murder people or like, cause is, is that really where he's saying? Like, is he saying like, we should go back to the good old days of stoning gays? Cause if he's not saying that, then he's basically saying like, we've navigated away from that particular horror story of the Bible. So that's the only re like, that's the only like avenue he has to retreat back to. Yeah. And, and, and clearly what you you have to think that he thinks that that's a superior way to treat homosexuals right. because uh it, because i think that you can't you can't look at it and be like well you know this is clearly a bad it's clearly an evil this guy does not think that it's a good thing so if that's the case then that's how they treated bad things and we're we should be okay with that because we look up to those people that were in that book and we look up to them and say, hey, they did all the right things. They were doing, they were on the right path back then when they were stoning gays, I guess. 
And and adulterers. I mean, let's not forget, you know, yeah, let's, <laughs> that, that there was clearly other people being stoned and murdered because of other things. Like people like to pick and choose the homosexuals and say, oh, well, the homosexuals were being murdered. Yeah, but they were murdering a lot of other people back then, too. They kind of had a high quota they needed to fill with the murders. Well, they had a lot of rocks. I mean, they, that's the thing we don't think. a lot think. of rocks and not a lot of food. You know? Look, when, when every tool is a hammer, all exactly. you see is nails, right? Exactly, yeah. And then when everything is a rock, all you see is homosexuals. Right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, too. It's like if you have to stone adulterers. And doesn't the Bible say, like, anybody who's lusted is an oh, adulterer? Yeah. Shit, yeah. So basically, we all just should stone ourselves. Yeah. Like immediately. They're doing that in Colorado right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll tell you this, Cecil, I've done me some lust. Oh, yeah. There's been a lust. A lust a few times. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. This story comes from OpposingViews.com, but I saw this fucking everywhere this week. Christian school kicks out eight-year-old girl for not being feminine enough. A Virginia Christian school told an eight-year-old girl's grandparents she's too much like a boy for them to offer her enrollment for the school next year. Uh, This school is horrible, and it's a great thing, actually, whether she knows it or not, that this little girl won't be able to attend this school of bigoted assholes. Because she has a fucking short haircut? Yeah. She they, has a short fucking haircut. They're not fans Cecil. of the pixie cut down there, it turns out. I guess not. <laughs> well. Winona Ryder is not allowed to go to Virginia no, at all. Not at all. Just, I, You know, I, I got to say, though, in the school's defense, if she does keep dressing like this, who the hell's going to want to marry her when she turns nine? You know what oh. I mean? <laughs> like, nobody's, nobody's going to want to marry her. She's going to be like an old maid at 12. So yeah, I she'll, be the, she'll be the only single woman in fifth grade. Yeah. <laughs> How's Virginia going to meet its quotient of teen pregnancies? Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you don't feel, you you feel bad because she she clearly in this article, she's talking about how she misses her friends. She misses the people that she went to school with. Oh, I feel terrible for her. And and the school is like, well, you got to have longer hair? Like, really? This is... This is a point of contention for your sc- like the school board has nothing better to do than to decide the length of your hair. Shouldn't they be worrying about like grades and things? Or does everybody in the in that school automatically like one hundred percent pass all the standardized testing? Yeah, you know that's the first thing I thought is like, okay, um, Virginia, I'm sure that you've nailed the standards, just fucking nailed them. Uh, so this is really like you're down to this. Like at this point, you're like. All right, well, all of our kids are fucking hyper-literate, and, you know, our eight-year-olds are doing fucking calculus, and now yeah. we're going <laughs> to worry about the length of their fucking hair. Yeah, and you whether know, or not they're wearing dresses or pants or something. Right, exactly. You know, but they do have a, a, a solid rationale, because they say um, in the letter that they sent, you're probably aware that Timberlake Christian School is a religious, Bible-believing institution, providing education in a distinctly Christian environment. So, I guess in a distinctly Christian environment, if your hair is cut too short, then you don't get to play anymore. Aren't there a lot of girls like tomboys, though, when they're little little kids? 
I mean, I, I, I remember being a child and having plenty of friends that were girls because you pretty much your sexuality doesn't matter back then. You're all just like little fucking rambunctious shits and you just want to run around and break shit. Well, it's so funny that you say that because that was the point that like that occurred to me immediately. It's like, wait a minute. You're worried about this girl's sexuality before she gets a chance to be worried about it. Right. She's eight. She's eight years old. She just happens. She just has fucking short hair. It's not like she's out on the fucking uh, schoolyard, you know, trying to seduce other eight year old girls. That's not what they're complaining about. They're complaining because they see a perceived uh, like sexuality in this eight year old girl that this eight year old girl is not bringing up. It's not like they kicked her out, Cecil, because she's a lesbian. They kicked her out because they think maybe she kind of looks like a lesbian is what they're basically yeah, and saying. And she may have the propensity to be a lesbian, just like every other human being has the propensity, you know, other, every right. other woman has the propensity to be a lesbian if they, you know, happen to be born that way. It's it's so crazy. Like, the school is the school is hyper-obsessed with sex and sexuality, yeah, because like the, the kid's not thinking about it. Right. This has nothing to do with the sexuality of this child. It has absolutely... In fact, the sexuality of the child isn't even mentioned. It's not even mentioned. What's mentioned is, like, their perception. Like, hey, this girl looks too much like a boy. We're a Bible-believing institution with, you know, sexual moral standards. It's like, okay. What does that have to do with this girl with short hair? Yeah. Nothing. Because she's not acting on any kind of... She's not, she didn't even get an opportunity to be gay or straight. Like, this is fucking, like, prophylactically kicking her out of the school. And if you really wanted to make sure people didn't turn out, like, that, they, that you wanted people to turn out, like, super Christian, wouldn't the best thing to do would be to invite them into the fold of your church rather than kick them out on the street? Like, uh, you're not part of the in crowd. Well, yeah, but wasn't Jesus all about, in, like, being inclusive, not exclusive? Yeah. Jesus might have been, but we're really not. What what I think this too is like an extension of that homophobia that is rampant in that culture. Uh, and this shows this shows the damage that it can cause, right? Uh, that they're so afraid uh, that this person is going to be gay that they're willing to expel her from school before they they even know before she even reaches puberty. Right. It's, it's like it's, it's like we want to make sure that nobody gets uh, exposed to anything even remotely alternative. That way they're best prepared to go out into the world. And it's funny because it's like alternative is a different haircut. I know. I know. Short fucking hair. Short hair on girls? My wife has short hair. (laughs) It's like, what is this? What is this, 1904? Next thing you know, there's going to be female motorists. Like, (laughs) Give me my buggy whip. Right? Well, boys and girls, put your hand up if you've heard of the word evolution. Oh, boy, I think just about everyone puts their hands up. So, Cecil, you found this story. This story's awesome. This is from the Daily Beast, which couldn't actually be more appropriate for the story. Creationists stole eight-year-old girl's idea for state fossil for South Carolina. Eight-year-olds. The eight-year-olds are not doing well this week. This is a tough week to be a third grader. Yeah. (laughs) I got to say. Eight-year-old Olivia McConnell's idea to have the woolly mammoth become the state fossil of South Carolina is being blocked by two senators who want to amend the proposed bill to emphasize that God created all creatures. Fucking what the fuck? You're afraid of an eight-year-old girl and a pile of bones. You chicken shits. I love this. I think it's great. There's there's so much in this story 
uh, they essentially, this girl saw that her state didn't have a fossil. Like there's a bunch of other states have state fossils. And she's like, well, what about us? And she saw they didn't have one. And she said, well, I'll write a letter and say that the woolly mammoth should be our state fossil. And there's a couple reasons in this article why it should be a state fossil. And essentially, uh, and I'm going to read directly from this article. One of the guys, the senator, uh, Kevin Bryant, proposed amending the bill to include three verses from the book of Genesis detailing God's creation of the earth and its living inhabitants, including mammoths. And I, the first thing that comes to mind, Tom, is thinking, if God wanted that on the fossil, why didn't he fucking write it on the fossil? I know. Like, why don't we have inscribed in every fucking bone made in God or something? You know what I mean? Like, why is yeah, it right? like it has like the little little flag of Godlandia or whatever that's Godlandia. there? Just, I mean, clearly he could have done it, right? If he made us all, why didn't he just fucking just stamp us all? But instead, it's like, no, we've got to make sure that people realize that the fucking God set up there with his fucking Play-Doh and made mammoths too. <laughs> He's got one of those like uh, one of those press things yeah. that like shoots out the <laughs> star little, shape. It's like, got a, it's got a mammoth set. Yeah, mammoth shape. You just squeeze <laughs> right, it, it, squishes out. Yeah, you got to cut it and you make your little mammoth. You know, it's it's so funny to be this afraid because that's where that stems from. It's like, oh man, if we pick a state fossil and we don't specifically emphasize that God made that fossil, then the fucking seven people in the fucking world who even know that states have a fossil. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Cecil, pop fucking quiz, hot shot. What's Illinois State fossil? The T-Rex. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence with which you answered that question, sir. I'm going to look it up, though. Good. Well done. That was great. I hope it is the T-Rex. I'll feel oh, if awesome. It is, if it is, I'll buy you nothing. Illinois State fossil is the Tully monster. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that um, if I had been given every opportunity to guess words. It's a soft-bodied invertebrate marine animal. So actually, to be honest, you and I should have a kinship with that. Yeah, a right. soft-bodied <laughs> invertebrate. Oh, my God. Look at it. It looks like a bug. It just looks like... A, like, see the images? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just like it's just like a weird it's little like a bug thing. Fluke or something. <laughs> right? Ah, <laughs> uh, Illinois. Ah, uh, great. Fucking South Carolina gets something awesome, like a goddamn woolly mammoth. Yeah, you can't ride a tully into battle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to take a break, give you some information on how to contact us and to donate to the show. And we're going to be back with some other really, really, really bad stories. If you would like to contact the show, visit the website DissonancePod.com for the links to the Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus and email accounts. You can also call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Did you know that you can become a patron of the show? Go to patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com forward slash dissonance pod, and you can donate to the production of cognitive dissonance on a per episode basis. If you don't want to donate money, please take a moment to give us a good review on iTunes or Stitcher, or tell a like minded friend about the show. So, to everyone who supports the show, Glory Hole, you fucking rock. So, this story comes from the Farangula blog. Um, guess who's speaking at the NSTA National Conference? The featured speaker at this year's National Science Teacher Association, let me say that again, featured speaker conference in Boston is Mayim Bialik. Um, so I love this, Cecil, because the very, for the very next line uh, mimics my exact reaction. Yeah. 
The lucky ones among you right now are saying, who? Which is exactly, I was like, yeah. I am, yeah, like, who the fuck is that? And I thought, like, wasn't that the girl from Blossom? Like, it was my first fucking thought was like, I thought that was the girl from Blossom, but I could fucking be totally wrong on that. So, um, anyway, I think this, she this is, person, isn't she? I have no idea. The, the name was vaguely familiar. Oh, yeah, she was fucking from Blossom. Yep. And now she's on the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. So I guess she's on more than one fucking thing. Anyway, who cares? It, I mean, <laughs> let's just put that fucking out there. Who fucking cares? She's an actress. Who, who gives a shit what she's been in? So she's an actress. She plays an idiot on a stupid show for dumb jerks called yeah. The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I have going to get a million emails. I, I love, the, I love Big the Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. I, have you watched the show? Have I don't you? watch things with laugh tracks, Tom. I'm it's sorry. so funny that you say that because I actually, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I'm laughing Fuck right you. now. I'm laughing right now. Uh, I've tried to watch that show. My dad likes that show. He's like, you should watch this show. Like, I don't know why I take viewing advice from my dad. Yeah. But anyway, I try to <laughs> you watch, watch it. watch Matlock. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it totally has a laugh track, and it's incredibly distracting, yeah. and I can't make it through the first five minutes of the show. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, this person plays a scientist on TV and also happens to have a PhD, so they're speaking at this NSTA conference. Uh, they also happen to be a fucking weird anti-vax nut. Yeah, that's the other thing, right, is that they... And, and homeopathy, too, because she's a spokeswoman for the Holistic Moms Network, which is crazy what? as shit. But I think, you know, I think the funniest part of this, and I, I don't know that I want to read it out loud, but the funniest part of this is where PZ Myers is just attacking the fucking show. <laughs> he's just like calling it like how bad it is and how they're egotistical jerks. And he's going on and on. If you get a chance, read this. He's just, you could tell he really hates this show. He kind of has a hate on for this show. And, you know, I just, you look at this and the problem is, is buying into the cult of celebrity um, has led us into nothing but problems in the past, right? Like, we're, we're not, we should not have speakers who happen to be celebrities, like, especially at conferences like this. Conferences like this should have speakers that have something real and substantive and important to say. The whole idea of the cult of celebrity that we fucking fashioned our, uh, our world around um, has has given us a hell of a lot of problems. Uh, Jenny McCarthy, I'm looking right at you. Yeah. And here's another anti-vax nut who's got a bigger soapbox for no other reason than she's good at pretending she's a person she's really not. Yeah. That's, that's what she's good at. That's her job. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. I like acting. I like actors. Phenomenal. But... That doesn't give you a special soapbox. You either have something scientifically valid to say, or you don't get to play at conferences like this. The only reason she would be invited to something is because she happens to have a PhD, but more importantly, people can look at her and they can have a little taste of that cult of celebrity for a few fucking fleeting moments. They can be in the presence of somebody who's been on fucking TV it's funny because, you know, I've been to a lot of conferences and this and the the speakers lots of times really don't match the conference. And they really do try to get these star power speakers there. Uh, I went to a new media conference and one of the speakers was Dana White. And I I actually really like Dana White. I think he's a you know, I, I like watching MMA and I like watching uh, the UFC. And I, you know, I, I don't dislike Dana as a human being. I think, you know, I think he's, that he's done good work with that. I don't really know kind of what work he does, to be honest with you. He's just really their front man. So, but I don't have any like, 
you know, there's people out there who hate him or whatever, but I don't. But I watched him speak and I was I enjoyed the talk, but it had nothing to do with new media. Like, I mean, it, like people were asking him questions about uh, about controversies in the UFC, uh, but they were never there was not a lot of controversy. There was not a lot of questions that were coming in. that were like, you know, so what? platform do you enjoy more or things like like they never really you know it was never really about new media at all and so you know they they really do go for this star power it's it's funny that they try to get these people that are you know and that in and 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 there was other people that were there that actually did have good keynote stuff to to offer the guy who created this 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 uh um social media sharing site called buffer was there and he was he actually had some great stuff to say but you know, there was other people that were clearly there just for their star power. And I wonder if this is the case here. What is she going to talk about something that is scientific? And if she does, because cl- clearly she has like a like a, a background in it. What is she going to say? Is, is this going to leak into is this talk going to leak into uh, something about anti-vaccination or something about homeopathy? And is she going to have a stage based on that? You know, I mean, is that is there going to be some now we're going to be giving that some sort of privileged coverage in a place where maybe it shouldn't because it's clearly not peer-reviewed. You know, part of me, Cecil, is a huge dickhead and says, like, as soon as you come out, like, publicly um, and you hop on any kind of a soapbox or you come out and say, like, I am I am anti-vax, I'm fucking pro-homeopathy, I'm, you know, you're, I don't care if the rest of your scientific career is fucking mechanical engineering and has nothing to do with those subjects. Like, you kind of need to be, part of me is like, just fucking shun that person. Like, they get to have a job and they get to come into work. I don't care about that. But they really shouldn't be given more soapbox, even at, like, a mechanical engineering conference. Like, that's not a speaker you want to have anymore. Like, because they're... They, their their trustworthiness in the scientific arena is damaged, and they're not going to be. I mean, they're coming out there. I, I just like I know that's not really a rational thing to say. I recognize that, but it fucking frustrates me to give people like this more power, to give people like this a louder fucking bullhorn, you know? Because these things are not harmless. Like these things are. You know, like, oh, we should fucking not vaccinate. Oh, look, fucking mumps is back. People have fucking mumps now. The oh, measles in measles New York. Measles is back. Yeah, like there was a huge cases of that popping up all over uh, all over the states. And like in New York, there was a big, a big uh, outbreak of it again, clearly from non-vaccination. And people are like, well, you know, there should still be a lot of people getting vaccinated. Why is it spreading so fast? And well, fucking there's a lot of people who are not vaccinated. Right. And communities can be insular. Yeah. You know, what happens is that these things spread within in communities within communities and sub communities where, you know, the 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 vaccination percentage is less than 90 percent, because that's the what I was reading something this week about herd immunity is like really 90 percent is kind of your threshold, you know, for herd immunity to to stop the spread of disease. Um, So it's. You know, if you've got a community, you know, let's say, and I'm just making so just grabbing one at random. I have no idea if they're anti-vax, but like, let's say you have like the Jewish Orthodox community in New York, for example, like that's a very insulated community and something could spread in that community very quickly because that community is, 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 uh, it self isolates. The other, the other major part of that is that the people who could not get vaccines because their bodies couldn't handle it. Those right. are the people who suffer the worst, right? Those are the people that, like, they didn't choose not to get vaccinated. They just can't because they just can't physically do it. And they're right. the ones who get who get screwed on it. It's like, I don't care about the people. I mean, I do care about the children who don't get a choice. But, you know, like, I, I the people who, 
who have those children, you made your own bed. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you made your own decisions based on that. Now, clearly, I'm for the child to get vaccines because I think it's, the child didn't get a choice in this in this whole uh, equation. But you know, beyond that, those people having to deal with those sick children, clearly, they made their own choice. But people, there's a lot of people who don't make their own choice and can't make their own choice, and they get fucked in that equation too. I'm Raymond Massey, and I have a special message for senior citizens. Today's doctors, drugs, and medical devices truly work medical miracles for young and old alike. But there are some as phony as a $3 bill. Investigate before you invest in health services or products. Help stamp out quackery. So this next story is from skeptools.wordpress.com. Wikipedia founder responds to pro-alt-med petition and skeptics cheer. Wikipedia's co-founder Jimmy Wales this week sent a clear signal to skeptics who edit the user-created encyclopedia. Um, And that clear signal is, uh, fuck the, quote, lunatic charlatans, which I love. He didn't say fuck them, he didn't say but fuck his them. response did refer to paranormalists as lunatic charlatans, which I think is fucking awesome. Um, so basically, he's come out and said, like, look, Wikipedia is all about like scientific, rational worldview. And if you are going to post some shit and we want it to be reliable, and if you're going to post some shit that's unreliable or unproven or non-scientific, then it's going to get fucking edited out, period. Like, you don't get fucking free time on Cosmos here. Yeah, no kidding. We're not going to give you equal time on Wikipedia either. Uh, I think this is a great call. It's 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 awesome that Wikipedia has become uh, this amazing source for knowledge. And, you know, while there is obviously some mistakes, and clearly there is going to be mistakes on Wikipedia, the best part is, is that it, it does a, a pretty good job of self-correcting. Um, and, and they've shown a couple of different times uh, how Wikipedia is, you know, easily as as uh, as accurate as the encyclopedia, and I think that that is, you know, that's that's a great thing to have access to whenever you want. I know, I, I don't know how many times I check Wikipedia all the time. Just, I mean, I just checked it. We just checked it a few minutes ago, finding the Illinois State Fossil. Right, right, and it's important that Wikipedia then, you know, that that it not succumb to pressures of the alt med yeah. nut jobs you yeah. know because if it's going to stay a reliable source and it is and we use it all the time if it's going to stay a reliable source of information then it can't it can't just be like well we're going to be like conservapedia right like that's the alternative Ugh. it's something like conservapedia where you know some some lobbyist group some uh you know some size some faction gets to decide on what's true versus what's not true. You know, and I know that, like, the alt-med, you know, the pro-alt-med people be like, well, yeah, but isn't the same thing where the skeptics get... No. No, it's not the same thing. Because the skeptics are saying, like, if it's true, you have to prove it. And that's the difference. Yeah, and I You don't get true, to say it if you if can't it, prove it. If it's true, I'll change my worldview. You know what I mean? Like, like clearly, you're not willing to do that. Because... You know, in in many cases, when they've done tests on homeopathy, they've done tests on all these other things that, you know, are this alt-med garbage. And they've come out and said, that's not a real thing. That doesn't work. You know, yelling at your rice doesn't turn it brown or whatever, you know. <laughs> when they've come out and shown that and they've they've done these experiments, these people just dismiss them. They're just like, oh, well, that I'm just going to dismiss that evidence. I don't I dismiss it because I don't want to think it's not real. Well, right. you know, you can't just you can't just wave your hand and be like, well, I don't believe in that evidence. It's like if there's clear evidence that it's wrong, you've got to at least 
at least take that into account. And they're not willing to change their worldview. So fucking just take that. You get you don't get to play on Wikipedia. Go play somewhere else. And I'm I'm sure, like you said, Conservapedia, they would take you with open arms. Because conserv because Conservapedia is all about protecting an ideology. That's what Conservapedia is designed around. Conservapedia is like, hey, look, we want we want to mold the facts to try to uh, fit into the mold of this thought process. Like, here we are. We think this is the way the world works. If the world does not appear to work that way, we will attack the the facts. We will uh, change the facts. We'll ignore other ones. You know, it's wonderful that that Wikipedia, and I think self-correction is the way to build this. It's a smart model. It's wonderful that Wikipedia is standing up and saying, like, look, we want to be accurate. And the only way to be accurate is to have people aggressively edit. Kind of like when you edit the show, Cecil, yeah. and you take out all the <laughs> yeah, stuff like I say. All the stuff. Yeah, the yeah. four hours of farting. Right. That's pretty much my my shining moment, though. It says, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman, for women to speak in the church. Now, it says in 1 Timothy 2.11, let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. So therefore, obviously, before the service, before the, the congregation begins the service, there's chatting and talking going on. That's perfectly legitimate. And then when we all sing praises to God, of course, the ladies should also lift up their voices and sing praises unto God. But wait a minute. When it's learning time, it's silence time. So this next story comes from the raw story. Anti-gay pastor who prayed for Obama's death demands silence from women in church. Uh, I fucking love this guy. This is that fucking lunatic Cecil in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Steven Anderson, we've talked about him before. He's from the Faithful Word Baptist Church. Um, and he has just absolutely said some of the most delightfully crazy shit ever. Um, so in his most recent diatribe of insanity, um, he's basically talking about the passages in the Bible that say women need to sit down, shut up, and let their men do all the talkings. Um, <laughs> and it's fucking awesome. Um, my favorite line from this, Cecil, and then I'll turn it right over to yeah, you. My sure. favorite line is when he says, but when it's learning time, <laughs> it's, learning time. it's silence time. <laughs> oh, this is great. One of the things that I that I, I thought immediately because he's reading from the Bible and this is the same guy who said that women need to stay home and like sew clothes for their family. Right. Because, yep. Yeah, because and not be on the Facebook yeah, and don't be on the Facebooks and your farm bills because right. that is not you are not doing what the Lord wants you to do, which is basically shit out more children and cook me beans like that's right, essentially what you have to do for this guy. But one of the things that he's, he's talking about is like it's all from the Bible. It's all from the Bible. And so Tom and I a while ago had found this a 613 commandment. And they're all the commandments in the Old Testament. And I was looking through some of these the other day, and I found a couple that I thought were awesome. And they're number 79 and, and, and 80. And it, I'm going to read them, and I'm going to explain what they are. So it's to wear teflon on the head and to bind teflon on the arm. And I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But essentially what these little things are are little tiny boxes 
with leather straps that you stick scripture in and you tie them to yourself. And this, there's a picture on the, on the Wikipedia page that I'm going to include if you go to this website, the, the Wikipedia page for this Teflon or whatever. There's a guy with one strap to his fucking head and he <laughs> looks like a goddamn miner with a fucking mining light on or whatever. Like he's like out in the woods and he's got one of those fucking headlamps on and he's, it, you know, it clearly is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. And the first thing I thought is, why is this guy not wearing his fucking Teflon? Why is this guy who's quoting the Bible and telling women to shut the fuck up, why is his head not adorned with a box with scripture in it right now? Why is that not a thing? Well, you know what occurred to me, Cecil, is like, you know, he's not allowed to work on the Sabbath. But if he's a pastor and his job is to do this and he preaches on the Sabbath... Isn't that kind of a conflict? Yeah, it's a little con- conflict of interest isn't there. That, yeah. Isn't that a bit of a problem? I fucking think this guy should be covered in those boxes. Yeah. He should just <laughs> yeah, exactly. He <laughs> should show up. I think he should show up just covered in those boxes like a fucking Cenobite from fucking <laughs> Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. Thank you. Just like covered. Like he should be fucking steampunked out in tiny little boxes. He should be jutting out from every angle just in case. Just in case, Cecil, that there was a mistranslation, you know, in the book, and maybe they meant to say like leg and not arm, or you know, yeah, chest just in and case, not head. right? Yeah, it's not a so, penis; it's like a just, cup. In fact, what he should do is just live inside of a giant one, like just he should just be in a box. I just want to see him wear one like a cod piece. You know what I mean? Like it's just sticking right out over his junk there. I right. Ha- I, or he's like, what? Maybe he could be like a transformer, like Megatron, and he turns into one of those boxes. So like he jumps and he like does the little and he lands on go. somebody's arm and oh, then like wraps the string awesome. around it. I think maybe that might be a little better. He has to make the noise. He has yeah. to make the fucking if he doesn't make that fucking awesome noise, yeah, then it no. just does not count. Not, it doesn't work as well. I, what is, how many women do you think could possibly be in the audience by their fucking own will? I mean, if you were. If you, I mean, clearly he's talking about the women here. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, no woman would go to see this guy for their own, you know, of their own free will. I can't imagine that. I cannot imagine. It would actually be really interesting to interview, not, not for us to do it, but for somebody competent to interview somebody who, uh, you know, actually is sits in that audience and is like, oh yeah, that seems like a good idea. What I think is is crazy about this, you know, like we're talking about how. I mean, you, t- you talk about how this guy clearly doesn't have any respect for women. But, I mean, r- just when you read what he has to say, I'm going to read a little bit of this. It says, even the Bible is really clear on this. Even if they were to have a question, they are not to ask that question in the church, number one. Number two, even if they want to ask the question to their husband, they should wait until they get home. So even like clearly this is, you know, we're talking, this is something you had said a long time ago that, you know, when you go to church, you're not there for a thoughtful experience. You're clearly not there for a lecture that has a question and answer session either, because you're not there to learn about anything. And and he says, you know, when it's learning time, it's silence time. No, it's not learning time because learning requires people to ask questions about what they're learning. But instead, it's like, no, what you're here for is diatribe time. You're here for me to tell you what I fucking think, and then you go home and shut your fucking mouth. 
You don't get to fucking talk here. You don't get to fucking talk on the way home. Maybe tell your fucking dumb husband something, but I certainly don't fucking want to hear it. Shut the fuck up. Read your goddamn Bible and listen to what I have to say and take it to heart because I'm the fucking way, the truth, and the light. Fuck you, douchebag. What a jag off. I could not imagine a person with any kind of will whatsoever sitting in that audience for that entire thing. Here's another thing that he says. He says, this is why I don't believe a woman should say amen during the preaching either, because amen truly means means truly or verily. And it basically means that's true. So when I'm preaching and I say something and you agree with it and you believe in it and you say amen, you're saying that's true. Well, God fucking forbid they agree with you, dude. Right. Yeah, I mean, what it's so funny because like when I read that portion of it, like what I read is him saying like I fucking know it's true. I don't need you to tell me. Like isn't that kind of what he's saying? Yeah, he's like, God. He's basically saying like don't don't fucking sit there and agree with me. You don't have the tools to agree or disagree. You're just a woman. Ugh. Right? Otherwise, there's like like somebody being like, "Yeah, I agree with that." It's like you have fucking no autonomy to agree or disagree. How dare you agree with me? Or I mean, disagree. he's really calling them subhumans. He's just like, you're a mm-hmm. subhuman. You don't get to talk. You don't get to talk. You don't get to argue. You don't even get to say, yes, pastor, that's true. You just get to shut the fuck up. Why don't they just provide muzzles then or ball gags when they walk into the church? Why don't they just Look, ball gag all the women? If you're just going to treat them like fucking breeding stock, just treat them like breeding stock. Yeah, like they have to they have to sit in one of those swings, you know, the sex swing <laughs> with a ball gag in their mouth. And then, you know, they don't have to leave the swing. They could just drop the babies right out of there. Right. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah, just like yep. plunk, plunk, plunk. It's like an egg, like laying eggs. You know what I mean? Like Chicken laying eggs. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So I fucking love this story. This story also comes from the raw story. Oklahoma pastor says he accidentally flooded Texas by praying too hard. Um, in an appearance on the Christian Internet broadcast, Generals International. What? Uh, this dude uh, recalled how he had used a divorce decree, Cecil, mm-hmm. to sever Baal's hold on drought-stricken states. Are you states. pronouncing that correct? Baal. Baal. Is it Baal, Baal. or Baal? Which one is it? Because I've no heard it both ways. Idea. You know, here's the thing. Someone's going to fucking write in to yeah. tell us. <laughs> Someone's going to tell us, hey, look, man, that's the bad guy in Diablo 2, and they said <laughs> it Baal. You, know, you guys clearly don't know how to pronounce fake creatures properly. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, it's all fucking made up. It's like looking at a fucking Magic the Gathering card and being like, mm, I'm going to cast Baal the evil leaders uh, to that. <laughs> Fuck you. It's all made up shit. It's just older made up shit. Nobody knows how to pronounce it because somebody just made it up. I, I hope I think it is. I think Baal is the bad guy in Diablo 2. And I hope that this guy was stuffed with gold weapons, too. You know, like, and a lot of coins. Like he's stuffed with a ton of coins and like five weapons. I always wonder where those fell out of. Like right. he just punctured like a little imp and like somehow like a, a halberd fell out of it. How did a halberd fall out of an imp? I have, you know, if, I'll tell you this much, though. It was, if it was from fucking Diablo 3, it wouldn't have been worth the time. Yeah. <laughs> So he says, there is no rain in sight, no rain forecast at all. But literally, the day after we first used, literally, not (laughs) figuratively, 
the uh, day after we first used this Baal, 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 Baal divorce decree in 2007, we declared it in a meeting together, you see. The rains came, and we ended up having more rain than between February and June of 07 than any other 12-month period in history. You know what so, they did, Tom? You know what they did? They hugged Texas to death. That's what they, they did. did. They gave it they, like a really big hug. And they smother. It's like the fucking. It's that guy who petted the fucking mouse too hard and killed right, it. Right, like Lenny, like <laughs> basically Lenny Texas. It's like it like, keeps petting it. But you know yeah. how they. You know how that book ends, though. Of course, is that you know is George ba- fucking shoots Lenny. So is that Baal gets a divorce. Is that how that book ends? Right. You know, I I have to say when I first read this, I was incredibly insulted that I was not invited to the wedding of Texas and Baal. I know. Like I, I mean, because they've been divorced. And, you know, I got them a gift, and they've been married less than one year, so I think etiquette demands that they return They return the gift the to gift. you? <laughs> that is awesome. Actually, you just keep getting married on, like, a year-and-a-day basis, and you get shit tons of gifts. Right. That's, yeah, you, that's the plan. You got to have, have the engagement first. You have your engagement party, and then you get stuff then. And then you have a, a wedding shower. And then you have your wedding, and then you get divorced, and then you do it all over again. And you no, just no, keep you're doing skipping it. one. Then you impregnate your wife, have a baby shower, and then get uh, an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then you take all your money and you put it in your carriage, and you move that or like your little baby whatever stroller, and you right. push that around. Right. Yeah. Just- I, you know what's what's interesting is I wonder in the divorce proceedings who gets Texas barbecue, like who gets to keep that. <laughs> This is awesome because it's post hoc rationalization about like what happened, right? They said they did a thing and then all they had to do was find one natural thing that happened and then they could tack on what they say. Yeah, basically they just did a big thing and said, hope things get better. And then something got better. Like you could have been, it could have been like any number of things that they just were able to point to, right? They could have been like, well, you know, the murder rate was less this year. Like, oh, that's because we did the divorce. Like, fucking demons are no longer married to and Texas. The thing or is, whatever. the thing is, is it's not better, right? I mean, like, clearly it's not better because you went from one extreme to the other. So no, there's no, not like a median better. ground. It's not like, oh, well, then there's a fucking bumper crop and fucking Jesus came down and we all sat on his knee and he bounced us and played banjo music. None of that shit happened. <laughs> What happened was, is you flooded everything. You're, you're, you're misunderstanding. Texas was just on the rebound real hard. Yeah. That's real, all real that it hard. was. <laughs> That's like a fucking rubber ball into the stratosphere, right? A you're divorce just, is a traumatic thing. It really is. It shakes up everybody involved. I, You know, it's so funny because... Because, you know, you fucking, you, you basically are saying, yeah, we kind of ruined Texas. Minor details. It was Texas to start with. It's Texas in the end, right? I, yeah, like, it's not I like don't it, think you ruined yeah. it. It's like, it's, like, it's like ruining a squatter's house. How does that yeah, work? No I don't kidding. Know it's that like, that's possible. It's like, it's like coming in and like choosing the wrong paint color for a crack house. It's yeah. like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's not really any. It's, Your dog I mean, it's shit different. on the floor in my meth house. How dare you? <laughs> it's like it's it's different, but I'm not going to say better or worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love this. Like we just we overprayed. That's the thing is you got to modulate your praying too, Cecil. Because if you overpray, you got to you got to scale that shit back. It's so effective. Maybe God just got mad about hearing about it. He's just like, he's like, man, I am so sick of you all saying, I'm just going to flood it all then. Fine, I'm flooding it. <laughs> Hope y'all got your arcs ready because I'm going to give you some rain God style. 
So we want to thank uh, a few people who donated to us on Patreon this week. Uh, we have a couple new patrons. We have Neil, Jay, Zachary, uh, Sakura, and David. Thank you very much for your generous donations. Thank you everybody who's a patron of the show. We really appreciate everybody who's gone out of their way to donate a buck a show or more to uh, to the production of Cognitive Dissonance. It's really awesome, and uh, and we're looking forward to uh, to using that money to actually we're going to buy some new equipment very soon, and we're going to be making a studio in Tom's basement for Tom to record once because he's uh, a little one on the way, and he doesn't want he's fucking so goddamn loud when he farts that he doesn't want to <laughs> wake up the kid. So, and I I understand because I've been in the room with him a couple times, and he's rattled the fucking rafters. The so, thing is, you have to put it in the basement because at least the walls are concrete. Right. Exactly. You know, and I you keep... can't get carbon monoxide poisoning down there. So. <laughs> People outside the Midwest are like, basement? What the fuck's what a the basement? Fu- <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk about a message we got. And actually, we got a lot of different messages this week about the poverty thing we did last week. Uh, it was a long part of the show. Uh, Mike from California called in. And Mike, your, your call actually cut out. And he called twice. The first call he left and he talked about uh, he talked about how he's uh, a person who installs uh, a cable service for other people. And uh, what he does is he said he saw some people that probably shouldn't be able to afford it, but they have like an HDTV and they're getting cable. And he said it was hard for him to, you know, he said that our, our talk certainly helped him think differently about how poor people spend their money and how, you know, how we shouldn't be so judgmental. And uh, and it was really helpful to him, but it still is very difficult because he sees this on a you know on a daily basis. He'll see, he'll be installing a, a, like this cable and uh, from his from the service provider he works for, and he'll be seeing somebody who clearly probably shouldn't be using this money for this uh, because they live in squalor, et cetera. And uh, and and Tom and I actually had a conversation about this yesterday, t- and it was uh, it was you know w- we both feel when we've talked about this, I think a couple of different times, it's hard to micromanage the the, the finances there. Uh, but I will I will relay a personal anecdote. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my parents were on uh, assistance, and my dad didn't have a job, and you know it was it was very tough times for us. But I do remember whenever there was any kind of cable, uh, uh, when there was like a, a a promotion, some sort of promotion going on, because back then they used to give you like three months for free, and then the next three months would be six ninety nine or something like that, and then they would go up to the major pricing. Um, and I remember every time that there was a chance that we could get cable TV for a very small amount of money, my parents always took advantage of it. We didn't always have cable when I was growing up, but there was occasional times where they would take advantage of it. And it was really great for us. And we, it was a lot of entertainment value in it. And, uh, and we really enjoyed it. And it really, it really was great, uh, for us because we got a chance to see all these different shows and, you know, I mean, cause TV really does connect you to your world. So it was, uh, it was one of those things that we really enjoyed. And I can, I can see that, you know, you could probably make some assumptions based on what you're seeing but you've also got to understand too your sample set of these people is all the people who are actually acting on getting this cable service you're not seeing all the people that aren't getting this cable service you're only seeing the people that are so um make sure you pay you 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 think a little bit about that that there are people out there that aren't spending their money in a way that you might think would be a a bad a bad way in which to spend their money you know, the other thing to remember, too, though, is, is that um, unless you have an opportunity to review the books, um, to review the monthly statements of those people, what you're seeing is an outward world, right? So you're seeing what they're showing you. There's, you're seeing their house for certain. Um, you're making assumptions based on the way that they live. Um, those assumptions are like, hey, you know, if you live in this, you know, shitty neighborhood or, you know, with less or, you know, whatever, you must not have money. 
I'll tell you what, there are there are some people that I have met that live um, in a way that is totally different than their actual income and expenses. Um, there are people who who have money to spare um, and they just live in you know relative squalor. And there's people I've met that don't have a fucking penny to their name. And you walk into their house and they look like the fucking Rockefellers. Um, so what you see is not always what you get. <clears throat> um, just because you're invited into someone's home for a few minutes to you know install cable. I did the same thing closing loans. I'll give you another personal anecdote. I was a, a loan closer for a title company for a while. I did a lot, a lot, many hundreds of in-home closings. Um, and I'd sit across from people with you know their loan application in my hand. And I've got every detail of their lives right in front of me. I've got... You know, their fucking social security number and how much money they make and their assets, their liabilities, their level of education. Um, and very frequently, um, their home would not match what one would expect just by reading them on paper. Um, so that's that's it's not always the case that what you see is what you get. Um, I would also point out that I think that television is really cheap entertainment, even if it is, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 dollars a month. Um, if you're not going anywhere or doing anything, if you're not, you know, eating out, if you're, that's, that's a relatively small drop in the bucket to feel normal for a while. Yeah, we, uh, I, I do want to commend you though. I think, you know, you know, calling in and saying that it's changed your viewpoint or whatever. I, I, I respect that. I really do. And I oh, think, yeah. you know, when people, when people have this, uh, you know, when people think about something and it changes their mind, I think that's the sign of somebody who is actually looking at, you know, different viewpoints. And I think it's 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 commendable. So thank you. You also called in and sent in a, and had a, like played something in the background. Um, and it's and you you literally cannot hear it. You said you went to a Baptist. Uh, 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 I think it was a funeral and the people were sort of singing and, and doing stuff and you didn't realize that they actually did it and you had recorded it. It sounds like fucking EVP. I mean, it clearly does not sound like it sounds like what they play on those ghost shows when they're trying to tell you that there's a ghost in the room. You can't hear anything. So uh, so we're, that's why we didn't play it this week, because we just couldn't hear it. So we got a message uh, and this message is from uh, Jonathan and Jonathan is a science blogger uh, and he has a podcast, a Canadian podcast. It's called Within Reason. I'll leave a link on this episode's show notes. They've done five episodes. I have not listened to this show yet. I've been a, had an absolutely, uh, and I want to say it was a busy week, but it clearly wasn't. I've been on spring break and I've been playing fucking video games all week and it's been glorious. <laughs> so I haven't done anything really, uh, but I haven't had an opportunity to listen to this, but I will leave a, a, a link on this episode's show notes for your show, Jonathan. Good luck. Good luck to you, Jonathan. So we got a message from April and I want to read a little bit. I just want to paraphrase what April had said. Um, and we had done the, the talk. This is again about the talk about poverty. Um, she essentially has an MBA and last week she went to go get a job, her second interview for a job. This job was cleaning hotel rooms and she was rejected. She's been working at Walmart and other places trying to find like dependable work for a very long time and she can't find good work. And I, and, and to be honest, sometimes it's very difficult with a, with an advanced degree to find good work. Tom, I know you have a personal anecdote about someone who used to work for you with an advanced degree. Yeah, it's it, when I was hiring, I was hiring for a uh, job. I work at a, at a title insurance company and I was hiring um, for a job that paid 12 to 14 dollars an hour right around. Um, and the number of first of all, the, the number of applications that I received for people that had 
um, law degrees um, or advanced degrees was absolutely stunning. And in fact, the woman that I ended up hiring um, has a master's degree in archaeology. Um, she's her master's in archaeology. She just, but you know, but she's sitting behind a desk doing basic data entry work um, for I don't know twelve and a half, thirteen dollars an hour or something like that. Um, in fact, the, the company that I used to work with um, was littered with people that had uh, degrees in you know unrelated fields, things along those lines. The idea that um, and we and we didn't pay them very well, you know, just we just didn't. Um, the, the idea that poor people are, you know, the uneducated, the uh, slovenly, the, the lazy um, is just not borne out by the numbers. It's not borne out by the evidence. And anybody who's ever been in the unenviable position of hiring for a mid-level position and seeing the uh, resumes that come through and being shocked, absolutely shocked at the uh, candidates that are applying for these mid-level yeah. or entry-level jobs um, can testify to the same. Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing your story with us, April. I think, you know, it, it really does show that, you know, I, I know that clearly this is just anecdotal evidence, just one person, but I think I don't think that you're you're in the minority here. I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking for jobs that just can't find them. They're, they're certainly not people that are that are uh, that are lazy, that that just want to, you know, suck off the government teeth. These are people who clearly want to, you know, live and work and and be productive. And, you know, there's there's more to work than just being uh, than just getting an income either. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot to work. Uh, you know, you get a lot of personal like some people get some personal satisfaction. Some people get, um, you know, they get a, a chance to interact with other human beings. There's a lot of things that happen through work that, you know, that are a benefit other than just getting income. And and uh, and to say that people would just forsake that just to, like, sit at home and watch fucking Maury Povich and collect that fucking tiny little sum that you get on government assistance, I think, is is pretty absurd. Um, somebody sent us in a message about 10,000 sexual partners, and they said the average Republican makes up 2.6 facts per day, and about 500 facts per day would not be remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. That was great. The yeah, way that was phrased awesome. was pretty funny. That's awesome. It would not be remarkable, 500 facts a day. Not even remarkable. Not even remarkable. We got a message from Rachel, and Rachel sends in a message and says, um, she basically, we're talking about the pilots uh, getting voiped up and I was saying, well, what about Peace Corps workers? Why wouldn't they get wiped up? Well, she is actually in the Peace Corps. And she sends in a message, and it's a nice long message about poverty. But then at the end, I want to read directly what she says, because I think this is very poignant. She says, I think your average stable, well-off first-worlder, in this case American, has had most of, if not all of its necessities taken care of, food, water, health, security, etc., so readily that a sense of entitlement arises. This cozy self-entitlement gives them the hubris to think that they can pick and choose what role government is allowed to play in their lives and what role it doesn't play, all the while forgetting that their comfortable lives stem from a stable, usually well-run government. And I think that that's absolutely true. People yep. forget that all the fucking time. And, you know, I think going over somewhere where places can be fucked up and seeing that uh, is a bit, you know, that's a huge deal to sort of wake you up. Cecil, we were talking about this before the show, like the, the ability of the self-made man to make themselves is <clears throat> reliant in large part on having a stable infrastructure, an educational system that they can rely upon, um, you know, an economic system that works, a judicial system that works, 
you know, what's the point of inventing something um, if that patent, if there's no patent process, if there's no judicial process to mediate uh, conflicts? You know, one thing that occurs to me as an analog um, is look at the uh, black market for drugs, right? You know, how are disputes settled um, amongst rival business partners um, within a black market uh, organization, you know, even within the states? Um, they're settled with violence, right? Because there's no judicial process. I can't say, hey, you know, I had a territory. Let's let's actually you compare can't go drugs. On Judge Judy, right? You know, like side. compare drugs to Quiznos, right? right? So if if you're a Quiznos and I want to open a Quiznos and I try to open a Quiznos next door to your Quiznos, there's a process in place for you to challenge that. You know, you can, and I might be able to succeed, but there's a process. You can challenge that territory. You know, you can say, hey, you know, I'm going to call the, the franchise company and, and I'm going to make a complaint to the franchise company and say this is an unfair uh, competitive practice. I'm going to, you know, talk to the landlord and see if, you know, we've got options versus a black market organization, right? Where like, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking sell drugs at, at this place. And you're like, well, I'm going to sell drugs at the same place. And now how do we have to settle that? Well, we have Real to easy. settle that with violence. <laughs> blang, right? blang. Right. We got to shoot each other because we right. can't engage a judicial process. We can't engage a civilized process. And the same is true in, you know, many parts of the world where, you know, this idea of entrepreneurship, this idea of the self-made man cannot exist when you don't have security. It can't exist when you don't have infrastructure. It devolves into violence because there's no better system to resolve disputes. Um, but yeah. we forget that. So conveniently we forget that. Yeah, it's, it's funny. One of the things you mentioned earlier was, you know, can Bill Gates, would Bill Gates have, have been Bill Gates if he was in Liberia and born in Liberia? What would have happened? Would he have done all the things that he did? And clearly, no, he wouldn't have. Um, you know, he would have been a really smart guy in Li Liberia trying to stay alive. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, he would and have been like, I don't want my flesh eaten. Right. Exactly. Like it would have been there, there you know, and you got to think about it in that system. So it, it's a great point, Rachel. Thank you so much for sending it in. Uh, Alan asks a question and this is interesting. Uh, he says, uh, he basically is talking about the new Mo Noah movie. And then he says, do you think it would be possible to enjoy a film based on biblical mythology in the same way one might enjoy a film based on ancient Greek myths uh, or with the constant saturation of Christian nonsense in our culture, color how we see the film in a way to make it impossible to enjoy just as a piece of entertainment. And I, I got to say uh, really quickly, um, I'm reading a book right now uh, and the book is a sci-fi book that has in it concepts of heaven and hell uh, where people take, you know, their brains after they've died and take the information and put it in a place that's either a heaven or a hell. And they're sort of reviewing this, whether or not this is a good practice in the book. So clearly this book has, you know, um, links to Christianity and a, and a sort of a monotheistic Christianic Christianity worldview. And I'm enjoying it immensely. I think it's a great book so far. So I think, you know, I think that that's, it's absolutely possible to have films based on that sort of mythology be interesting. You know, my gut reaction to this, Cecil, when I read this was, yeah, sure, why not? You know, I mean, I, I would go watch, you know, any other, you know, I, I would go watch a movie based on Greek mythology. So why would a, a movie based on Christian mythology be any different? Um, but I will say that I, I think personally, um, just for myself, I would have a tough time maintaining distance to be able to look at a, uh, a movie and, and not 
and I, you know, with Greek mythology, we've got we've got so much distance. We've got cultural distance. We've got time distance. Um, so being able to look at that as as a true myth story um, is easy. You know, it doesn't require any uh, active, uh, you know, intellectual pushback to create a barrier um, between the you know the sort of the self and the the uh, the film. Um, I think watching a movie that's based really aggressively on some kind of biblical principle or biblical myth, um, for me personally, might be difficult to just to be interested in it. Um, because frankly, my, like my gut reaction to, you know, Christian mythology is yawn. Yeah. Um, and to get over the yawn and to get over the like, oh, I'm going to be proselytized too. And that sort of like, man, I just, I just don't want to do this right now sort of feeling would be, that would be tough. Um, I'm not saying it's insurmountable. And in fact, I plan to see Noah. Um, I, I actually kind of can't wait to see it because I like Darren Aronofsky. Um, his films are weird and I like them. Uh, so I'll see the fuck out of this movie, actually. Um, but I'm hoping that I can see this movie and have the distance that that I'm concerned that I won't be able to maintain. I, I think I, I, I disagree. I think I actually think I think I'm the very different in that in that aspect. I think that the. Uh, the, the movies that make me yawn are the paranormal movies. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, are we going to do ghosts again? Is this is this what we're really doing? Is the fucking ghosts? <laughs> something on a string moved across the goddamn room? You know, like, those are fucking yawners. But I think, I you know, I, there's a movie I recall, I want to say it's called Prophecy or something with Christopher Walken, and it's a biblical sort of end times movie that I enjoyed. I don't remember it very well, but I remember Christopher Walken was in it, and he was like the angel Gabriel and I enjoyed that movie. Uh, I'm thinking like, you know, a lot of people like The Exorcist. I think that's a Christian mythology movie. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you know, so and I think that that's a really popular movie. So I think people can get over it. I mean, probably even atheists could get over it. Yeah. I personally don't like it because I think it's boring, too. I think that's actually I think the problem with that movie is that it's just boring. It's just a boring, long movie. Um, but I think that uh, I think that it does a good job of psychology in that movie of sort of ex- like feeling the feeling of something being sort of insane. I think a lot of movies from that era did a good job of that. But I think, I, I don't know, I feel like, yeah, I, I, I could easily get into that, no problem. There's an, there's an angel movie that was bad, but I remember watching it. It was a Legion or something like that. A movie about angels and devils and people blowing up and stuff. Most of them are all like exploding movies. You know what I mean? Like most right. of them are all like shit blows up. So you're not going to enjoy it anyway, Tom. <laughs> like, I know. Uh, what like, if it was a straight up season? I'm just curious. Like if, what if it was a straight up like Bible story, you know, like not just like taking some, some, some pieces of the Bible, but like, Hey, it's going to be, we're going to see this fucking Bible story. I, I can sit down and watch the 10 commandments. Really? Yeah, yeah sure. Oh, I don't okay. think it's a bad movie. Yeah, I think All it's right. fun. I've it's never like, seen it. I don't know. I think it's. I actually think it's fun to watch because you're just like, wait, you just killed all the people in the city. <laughs> like, because <you're like>, <laughs> when you're a kid, you're watching, you're like, oh, God is awesome, and now you watch it, you're like, what the fuck did you just do? You know, it's like, it's like, what did you do, Ray? What did you do? <laughs> so, Tom, we got a message from Wes. We got a message from Wes. He's responding to episode 102. Who are you to come by after 3,000 years and say to stop slingshotting retarded children into the wall? Well, I am a parent whose only child has Down syndrome and is mentally retarded. That's who I am. In a world full of violence and bullshit, that fact that my son would miss me is the main reason I bother to stick around. He may be retarded, but he's sweet and wonderful and gives meaning to my life. No, I wasn't offended by your comments. I enjoy your (laughs) podcast. I read this and I thought like, Oh my god! I want to apologize. We were just trying to make a joke. Yeah, like, I'm so glad that it was like taken. We yes, yeah. it was hyperbole. It was hyperbole. Yeah. 
Yeah, Colbert got in trouble for that this week. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. Did no. you see that? What did he get in trouble for? Uh, somebody he somebody posted a line from his show on the Colbert Report thing, and it was like it was like uh because he made fun of like uh, he was making fun of Rush Limbaugh, making fun of Chinese people. And oh there was God. like a ching chong ding dong thing or whatever or something like that. And they posted it on there. And a ton of people just gave him a ton of shit. And it's like, well, that's right from his show. Like somebody quoted his show. Like <laughs> it's it, you clearly you don't understand satire. It's so funny how people's fucking undies get fucking right in a bunch. So I want to mention that Ross, the host of Skeptically Challenged, is going to be uh, organizing the first ever Skeptic Camp Brisbane. Brisbane is that how you pronounce it? I believe Brisbane? it is called Brisbane. Brisbane, yes. I think you is what it is. You have to pause between gotta, Bris and it's Bane. Brisbane. 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 Yes. Brisbane. Um, and uh, just so we don't get the fucking messages that say I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be running the first ever Skeptic Camp Brisbane, and we he wanted to know if we could put the link on our site, and yes, absolutely, and he says it's gonna be free, so that's awesome—a Skeptic Camp that's free that you can show up to and uh, see some really cool speakers and attendees, and uh, and just hang out and get a chance to to meet with people in Brisbane. So if you're interested in that, uh, check it out on this episode, episode 144. And I'm totally going. I just need a few thousand dollars to get. Yeah, there. I just need. I just need. Yeah, because you got to get hella lifted by that helicopter all oh, the yeah. way over the to ocean. Australia. That shit's not cheap. <laughs> no, they know. just take you to the coast and they put you on one of those freighters <laughs> with no other containers. <laughs> on. Just... There's no other container on the freighter, <laughs> and then they they float your ass over there. And then they the have ship to... is riding low like a yeah. fucking car with <laughs> shitty suspension. Exactly. So that's the end of this week's show. Uh, we're going to let you know next week if we're uh, what episode we'll be on of Atheistically Speaking. But we look forward to doing that. And, we'll, and until next time, we're going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. <laughs>